This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Hi, I'm Dr. Michelle Owens, host of Southern Remedy for Women, here to warn you about an upcoming epidemic of license plate envy. Yes, it's coming after you see someone driving around with a new MPB car tag. It's the latest way you can support Mississippi Public Broadcasting continue the mission of educating, informing, and entertaining Mississippians. This epidemic is easily remedied by visiting mpbonline.org slash car tag to pre-order yours today. Welcome back. It's MPB Season Pass on Think Radio with Sam Wells. I'm Jay White. Good morning to you. Uh, got a lot to dig into t- today. Um, this is the last time we'll talk to you before the unofficial kickoff to college football uh, happens. SEC Media Days in uh, in Hoover, Alabama. I need to have yakety sacks like on loop. Yeah, that's pretty much what that is. It it is an interesting time uh, where everybody gets together and um, uh, comes up with uh, politically correct answers for the most part, um, and him haws around the main the main narratives and ideas of what may be the college football season to come. One that Vegas thinks, Sam Wells, LSU is going to win the SEC West. And Tennessee is everyone's runaway favorite to win the Eastern Division. And uh, I think the thing that I am uh, most most interested to see from SEC Media Days, um, besides some of the player interviews and, of course, some of the wacky questions you'll get because they invite... Uh, well, they don't invite, but basically anybody who applies for uh, admission you know, from the media will be granted some sort of access. Is uh, the amount of of really funny questions that will be met with equally funny answers from both the players, but more importantly, the coaches. You get really good questions asked of these coaches who hate dealing with the media worse than anything. And it's a whole week. Yeah, this will be the first of the year coaches with, dealing with the media. This will be the first year without um, Steve Spurrier, right? Uh, which will be disappointing because he was always yeah. pretty. Uh, he was always very entertaining. <laughs> yeah. Funnily enough, you know, he took that dig at Ole Miss the first year of, of Hugh Freeze's tenure that you know Georgia gets to play Ole Miss while we got to play LSU, and then uh, that uh, that kind of flipped around a little bit. Of course, people don't want to play LSU, but they won't play Ole Miss either. <laughs> so that. It ended up working out, but uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, what people say. State, of course, coming into the season with a quarterback, um, a hole at the quarterback. Ole Miss coming in quite the opposite. They probably have the best quarterback in the SEC, unless you're talking to the Birmingham News and the people, whoever they got on the phone with them. Uh, Of course, Josh Dobbs, a good quarterback at Tennessee, but uh, I don't know how anyone could not. Well, that's the thing. That's the thing that I'm looking most forward to is the what you know the the media will do their predictions for the league and then they'll also do their all SEC team and yeah. I'm I'm interested to see the coaches will also have theirs and I'm guessing uh that the coaches will have Chad Kelly as the all SEC quarterback I'm guessing the media will take 
uh, uh, Devin Booker, the, <laughs> the quarterback for Tennessee. Yeah. Much like AL.com did. You mean Josh Dobbs. Josh Dobbs. What did I say? Who's Devin, Devin Booker. Who's Devin Oh, he Booker? played basketball at Kentucky. Don't ask me where I pulled that random yeah. name from. I don't know where you got that That was from. just totally off. Uh, in, yeah, uh, I mean, it's a... Off I, in left field to drag another sport into that. You know, of course, we're biased because we're Mississippians, and we Bad think uh, our, our guys are, uh, are definitely the top. But uh, Chad Kelly had statistically the second best year in Southeastern Conference history, second only to Cam Newton, meaning he beat out some pretty impressive names, Danny Werfel, Eli, uh, Archie Manning, Eli Manning, uh, uh, Johnny Manziel, uh, you know, basically the list goes on. Every quarterback in Southeastern Conference history you can think of except Cam Newton. So, uh, and, and the guys returning, I, I get he uh, will have a, a lineman. Uh, he will not have Laramie Tunsil. He will not have um, the target that he had last season in Laquan Treadwell to throw to. But Ole Miss is covered as not bare at receiver. And if you look at it, Jay, Ole Miss is st- – Starting offensive linemen, um, four of the five that will start up front for the Rebels were on the field and playing during the Alabama game that Ole Miss won last September uh, together. So it's not an empty cupboard uh, at all. But, uh, you know, and, and credit to Tennessee, this should be their year, Jay. People have been pointing to it for a yeah, while. But, I mean, I've heard that since 2003. Yeah, it really should be their year this year, though. They were a, a crazy fourth down conversion away from winning the East last year, much like Ole Miss was from uh, winning the SEC West. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how they rebound from that. If you can tell, my voice is getting very excited because I'm very, very pumped about college football's return here in late August and early September. So yeah. it's going to be, it's going to be a great season. I think a lot of teams that are historically supposed to win every league are not going to be doing that it'll be interesting to see what happens to baylor it'll be very interesting to see what happens uh with alabama can they keep doing it uh all signs point to yes um and it will also be interesting to see if we have another groundhog day again where everyone on the face of this earth thinks lsu's quarterback situation has solved and cam cameron is the quarterback guru that he's never been and we'll see damian craig this year if that happens they brought onto that coaching staff, yeah, Damian Craig. He he was a great yeah. SEC quarterback for Auburn. Unless he's playing, I don't see that uh, turning well, out, you know, I mean, around much. I mean, he's he's done some good work with quarterbacks, but who knows? I mean, they had yeah. trouble competing a five yard uh, completing a five yard pass last year. Yeah, so it'll and be, now all of a sudden they're supposed to be the best team in in the SEC. Yeah, uh, on paper they're I don't know they're very good, uh, but they are always very good on paper. But I mean, had, did anybody who wants to predict them to go to the college football playoff? Did anybody look at their their record in the last? Yeah. Four seasons and where it's trended, yeah, backward, yeah. yeah I mean, you know, I agree. And they've uh, they've taken it on the chin to uh, Ole Miss. They took it on the chin to Ole Miss, to Alabama last year, and to um, Arkansas. And everybody thought that that train was heading on down the tracks. And everybody forgets too, Jay. This team looked awful in the second quarter, uh, second half against Mississippi State. They had Mississippi State beat at the end of the first half, and the Bulldogs didn't give up. And uh, and LSU, um, I'm not saying they gave up, but they were really, really bad in the second half of that game. And yeah. it kind of translated to more when they played more teams who who uh, who hit up front like Mississippi State did last year with that defensive front. It was tough. So we'll see if they can right the ship. I don't think so. I'm going to go out on the limb and tell everyone listening this morning that they are not winning the SEC Western Division, and they are not going to the championship uh, game, and they are not going to the playoff either. Uh, but uh, we'll see. Uh, maybe I'll be proven wrong. <laughs> uh, well, some of the some of the the folks who were speaking at the SEC Media Days, uh, Commissioner Greg Sankey, will start it off at twelve thirty five. Uh, excuse me, eleven thirty five on Monday. Um, and some of the, the 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 better players, Carl Lawson um, uh, for Auburn, defensive star, uh, will be there on Monday. 
uh, Steve Shaw, and this is always funny, the SEC coordinator of officials <laughs> will speak on Tuesday. Good luck to him. I notice his session is only about 20 minutes. That's about right. That's good times right there. Uh, Tuesday, Mississippi. A lot of changes coming for the SEC officiating this year with uh, uh, replay booths, and I think everybody in Birmingham will have a, a big input on what happens with these calls being overturned or, or whatever. Yeah. A centralized so, uh, replay yeah, situation. NFL slash Major League Baseball-like yeah. deal. NHL does the same thing. Uh, Tuesday, Mississippi State will have uh, um, Dan Mullen, of course, representing. And uh, their three will be uh, Richie Brown, Fred Ross, and A.J. Jefferson. Now, these are all three um, uh, impact guys on their roster. Uh, Richie Brown, uh, leading tackler, leading sack uh, player from last year on their team. Uh, senior linebacker Fred Ross, a senior receiver. Uh, who was uh, one of the, the, the biggest statistical receivers in the SEC last season, and A.J. Jefferson, who emerged as a, a pass rusher on the defensive line for the Bulldogs last year. Um, so that's who Mississippi State is bringing. Uh, Joshua Dobbs will be speaking with Tennessee on Tuesday also. Wednesday, it's Alabama's turn. They've got O.J. Howard uh, among their three players who will be speaking along with Coach Nick Saban. And then um, Thursday, Ole Miss will be there, and that session starts at 9.05. All of the sessions Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday start at 9.05. Ole Miss uh, will have Coach Hugh Freeze. They'll have uh, Chad Kelly. Their quarterback, as Sam mentioned, will be there. Evan Ingram, their tight end, uh, who uh, has been there, it seems like a long, long time now. I know he's he started playing right off the bat, but it seems yeah, like he's been there about six years now. It does, and he's only watched list two for best tight end in the country, uh, along with Jeremy Sprinkle. Yeah, a great name from <laughs> Arkansas this year too. And then uh, DJ Jones will be there for Ole Miss. He'll be the third guy. Uh, and then that same um, session Thursday will be rounded out with LSU, who of course, along with their coach last miles, will have Leonard Fournette. Uh, I think it's interesting that they saved LSU. And Fournette, who will be uh, the marquee player, out of all the players there, he is the 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 biggest name out of all the players, and they saved him for the very last spot. And then Chad Kelly, who I think will be, uh, you know, it, it, the the two biggest quarterbacks who will be there, of course, will be Kelly and Dobbs. And I think those guys are probably the, the you know, they they will vie for who is the second biggest name out of all the people there behind Fournette. Uh, And Dobbs goes uh, on Tuesday, which is the second of the four days. And then, you know, Kelly and Fournette go in uh, the last two slots on the very last day. So very interesting how they have it spread out there. And for for Mississippi media, and this is how they're milking you right here, folks. For Mississippi media who are going over there and maybe trying to, you know, kill two birds with one stone, uh, at least for the second year in a row, uh, they have a day in between Ole Miss and Mississippi State. So Mississippi State uh, goes on Tuesday and Ole Miss goes on Thursday. So if you're over there trying to catch both of them, you have to spend that extra day, that extra Wednesday, doing nothing. Hey, man, according to the Clarion Ledger now, uh, the rivalry's so tough and so heated nowadays, you got to keep them apart. Got to move them aside. <laughs> well, that may be. Got to keep them, separa- gotta keep them be, separated. That could be something to that. Yeah. So maybe, uh, maybe they're – Maybe they are doing uh, they're doing that. Jay, a lot of uh, excitement here in the studio. We're having, of course, uh, not in studio, but uh, uh, via the phone. Brittany Reese on the show uh, 
Olympic gold medalist from London, uh, from London. As you said, a five-time world champion, a member of the Ole Miss track team uh, back in 2007. Uh, Sam Kendricks will also be going. He's a member of the Ole Miss track team now. Uh, he won the NCAA pole vaulting. He will be uh, representing Team USA in Rio. And uh, Southern Miss had an Olympian uh, qualify, I think, for the high jump uh, as well. We're going to get those names and, uh, and have that at the end of our segment here with, oh, pretty uh, awesome. with Brittany Reese. So we have some uh, Mississippi Olympians, and unfortunately the three swimmers we spoke about last week did not make the uh, the Olympic team, but uh, I think a lot of bright futures for those guys. One of them, uh, the Clinton uh, the Clinton uh, student, Clinton High School student, Blaze Vera, uh, swam the eighth fastest time in U.S. history for a 16-year-old. So he has four years to work on that and will be back, wow. of course, I would assume, in the pool, hopefully, if uh, he keeps working hard and stays away from injury, uh, to qualify for 2020. The 2020 games, and I'm not sure where they're. I'm not sure where they are. I'm trying to think of a country with some sort of <laughs> political strife going on right now. <laughs> right now, they can go there. Bangladesh, 2020, Bangladesh. So we'll see what happens with, with that. All right. Well, that's uh, good stuff. You had me racking my brain trying to think of uh, where it could be too. That's um, uh, Tori Bowie is uh, yes. who you're talking about, the uh, uh, ex Southern Miss star. That uh, qualified for the Olympics in the hundred meter sprint. Hundred meters, okay, but not the not the long jump at all. So we'll we'll, uh, we'll we're going to try and touch base with the uh, with some of these folks uh, leading up to the games, kick, uh, which kick off, of course, the first week of August. Well, but the thing is, you weren't um, you weren't too far off because uh, she was a long jump champion in the NCAA, but yet as an Olympic qualifier in the hundred meter sprint. Well, talk about an athlete. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. They, it's two the, different things the, completely. Uh, America, we call it track and field. The British call it athletics. Maybe we should just start doing that because all these people are so ridiculously athletic. I mean, uh, you know, I, I marked it off. I think uh, in 2012, when Brittany Reese, who we're about to have on the show, won the long jump, I marked or I marked it off of uh, like how far it was, and it was basically from like the beginning. It's just like the entire hall of MPB. Like she just jumped over the entire building. <laughs> <laughs> down the hallway so it was pretty it's pretty remarkable what these uh what these athletes can do and the feats that they that's that they what, do that is one thing that tv there are some sports that tv brings into your living room um with a great fanfare and then there are other sports where tv just does not do it justice and those a lot of the track and field events specifically most of them or athletics if you're english um uh, just don't do it justice. The TV does not do it justice. The speed that those people are running at, you know, and that, I mean, that I guess you could say that's the same thing for, you know, any kind of, you know, like motor racing on television. Oh, yeah. It just doesn't translate no. how fast those people are going. Yeah, being at a, a at a NASCAR race or a motor track is no comparison right. to watching it on TV. Kind of like hockey, too, I guess. Yeah, but it's any any of the Olympic events that are races in some form or another. Uh, I, I just the, the the entirety of it, having to catch it all on television, just it, it takes it out of perspective. All right, uh, we'll take a break. Brittany Reese, a five-time world champion uh, and an Olympic gold medalist, is going to be on our program next. Looking very much forward to it. With Sam Wells, I'm Jay White. This is MPB Season Pass on Think Radio.
Welcome back. It's MPB Season Pass on Think Radio with Sam Wells. I'm Jay White. We are uh, pleased to have uh, one of America's Olympians uh, representing our nation uh, in Rio on the program now. Brittany Reese, as we mentioned and I've mentioned a couple of times now, five-time world champion. I'm like uh, sweating in here, man. I'm nervous. <laughs> right. But a five-time world champion, that is some dominance right there in an Olympic uh, gold medalist is on the program now. Brittany, thank you so much for your time uh, and uh, talking to us this morning. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Uh, doing great. Thanks Thanks for coming on. Uh, no one of the first things I, I wanted to, uh, to ask um, is, and to kind of get this out of the way a little bit, because I think this is, this is taking up a little bit too much of, uh, of people's thoughts about the upcoming Olympics, especially with, with, um, with reference to the athletes, is um, the concerns about health and safety in Rio. How, how much have you, have you been briefed on that? And, and what is the, the Olympic Committee doing to in, ensure and, and, and put your mind and the athletes' minds at ease that everything's going to be okay there? Um, well, basically they've just been giving us information uh, once we got in there and did our processing and things like that. They just t- basically tell us to wear like long sleeves, um, bring off, um, just just stay safe. They got us taking um, probiotics if you if you want to, um, but they just gave us like something like an online site that we can go on and check for ourselves if we are feeling a little uncomfortable about it. I'm not me personally. I'm not too much worried about it. I don't think it's. I think it's a big deal, but it's not that big of a deal. I think I'm a homebody in any way, so I'll probably be inside <laughs> most of the time. So. <laughs> I'm not too much concerned about it. I think they'll have it under control. Um, I heard that they had a little bit under control right now, but uh, I think once the Olympics come around, I'm towards near the end of the, end of the Olympics, so uh, I think it'll be more under control by the time I get there. All right, so now let me ask you about your feelings on making your third Olympic team. I think uh, you know, when people think of, of, of making three great teams um, and – Folks mentioning the Olympics, they don't think about the time that goes into that. With with three different Olympiads that you've, you've made, that's more than a decade of being one of the very best athletes on the planet. Your thoughts on on being on your third Olympic team? Um, I was ecstatic. Um, the goal was to go to Olympic trials and just get top three and try to retain my title. Um, but I'm really excited and ready to get get there and. Uh, do the best I can to bring home another goal for not only my city, but for Mississippi. Yeah, Brittany, uh, about Mississippi, you're going uh, with Sam Kendricks, who also is going to be a pole vaulter, yeah. uh, another girl from Southern Mississippi, who Jay and I were talking about in the first segment uh, from Southern right. Miss, is is going as well. And also the coach for uh, the women's, uh, for yeah. the Olympic team is uh, Connie Price-Smith, Ole Miss's <laughs> track coach. Just talk about the pride you've gonna, you're have you going to be taking with you from Mississippi, from Ole Miss, from the coast. I mean, it's, it's pretty uh, outstanding to have all these representatives from Mississippi on the team. Oh, oh, most most definitely. Uh, I I got a chance to talk to Connie Price when I was there, and um, I every time I'm at a meet, I see um, Sam and Tori. So we're all we all know each other, and we're all excited for each other. Uh, the great thing about it is, I feel like all three of us can get a medal and bring something home. We just just going to go out there and do what we what we're born to do and what we work so hard for. But um, it's great to see um, Sam out there. And Tori out there to go make the first team and uh, get a medal on there first try. Well, let me ask you. I mean, the the training 
uh, to make yourself one of the best in the world in in many of these Olympic events is very specialized. How did you how did you find a way into uh, the, the event that you are in? And and I know in high school and in college, uh, you know, the, the athleticism kind of it it. It involves you in many, many different sports. But, I mean, once you get up into the Olympic level, more people have to you know, find their specialized event. How did you find, a, find your way athletically into the vein that you found yourself into? Well, in high school, um, like you said, we, we do a lot of things. I was playing basketball, running track. Um, I was on a cross-country team and things like that. Um, but I think when I found my event is when I got to, actually got to Ole Miss and I started succeeding in the long jump. And um, I was on the Coach Walker. And once I started winning, like, SECs and nationals and regionals and things like that, he asked me to basically just turn pro because I needed to be challenged. And basically the long jump was my strongest event, so I I stuck with that. All right. uh, We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back, uh, and we'll have more with Brittany Reese, a five-time world champion and Olympic gold medalist, uh, Ole Miss Rebel, and uh, from the Mississippi coast as well. So got a little little taste of the entire state she's taken with her uh, and uh, that Mississippi pride as well. With Sam Wells, I'm Jay White. This is MPB Season Pass on Think Radio. We'll be right back. It's MPB Season Pass with Jay White. I'm Sam Wells. Welcome back to the show. Brittany Reese uh, stayed with us through the break. Sorry about that, Brittany. We had to pay a little bit of a, a, a little bit of a bill there in the middle of the, <laughs> of the segment there. Well, let's turn the page to the Olympics in Rio. Of course, you won the gold in London. Uh, it took uh, That had to take some pressure off of you a little bit because uh, you went into Beijing as the favorite and uh, had a, a great preliminary jump and then... Uh, uh, just for whatever reason, uh, didn't get it done in the uh, uh, in the finals. You win the gold in in London. What did that feel like to win a gold medal? I mean, Jay, people like Jay and myself will probably never feel that uh, feeling. But no, uh, you, you could take probably out of it. Uh, well, I was giving you a shot. Happen. You never know, <laughs> right? <laughs> no, it's one of the the best things that ever happened to me in my life. Because um, I worked so hard to get to get back to the Olympics and to win a gold. Uh, just one of the best feelings in the world, and to be able to be on the podium and watch the American flag being raised, and have everybody in the stadium standing up, you know, um, supporting you and and your country, just one of the best things that could have happened. And um, I cherish that medal because I I know what I did in Beijing, and once I got sick in Beijing, the goal was to never get left off the podium. So. Once I got to the Olympics in London, I did everything I could to make sure I was focused and ready to go. I didn't do the opening ceremonies. Um, I stayed in my room, basically. I went and saw a couple of events, but I made sure I stayed focused because I knew the task at hand. So once I got that done, uh, it was a big sigh of relief and uh, just a lot of pressure that was taken off. Now you say you didn't go to the opening ceremonies in London. Will you be? Uh, will you be kind of enjoying more? Uh, more of the of the uh, the. Fair, the fanfare and things like that this year in Rio? 
Uh, probably not. Um, I'm thinking <laughs> business trip still. I'm, I'm I'm still doing business. I think um, I'm gonna keep the same approach as London. Um, I was ha- I had the opportunity to do Beijing opening ceremonies, and um, it was it's a long process. And then my event is now towards the end of the Olympics. Maybe if it was more close, I probably would have did it. But now I'm towards the end. And I don't I don't like to be overseas um, no more than a week before I. I compete because I don't like to be over there in that, that element too long. And now that the Zika's out and things like that, and I've seen something else come up in the water, um, I don't want to be over there if I don't have to be over there that long. So I'm just going to keep the same approach that I did in London and just focus on being there a week early and then doing what I'm supposed to do. Now, I noticed that uh, when your accomplishments are, are laid out on paper, uh, there is a distinct a separation between world championships and world indoor championships. Is is that something that, is there a, a different way that you have to prepare for indoor events as opposed to outdoor events? Yeah, um, indoor you just got to be prepared a little bit more early. So um, we'll start practice around September, late September, early October, and have a, like a nice six-week strong cycle and to get prepared. But once we're just doing outdoor, which is something that I rarely do, um, I rarely skip indoor because of college purposes. I've always in college I've always done indoor that helps me prepare for outdoor. And um when I had my surgery a couple of years ago I didn't have the opportunity to do indoor as much and so once outdoor came around my rhythm was all messed up. I wasn't prepared. So I usually take indoor to get the rhythm established a little bit early. So once outdoor comes, I'm a little bit more safe in my approach I'm a little more, I know my approach a little bit more than I I do. And it's just now it's just more focused on the jump part. So, but yeah, but indoor is, is a little bit more, more uh, early or earlier practice start and, and things like that. So uh, you are 29 years old currently, yes. and you've been competing for more than a decade now. So I'm, I'm, but your personal best is from 2016. So let me ask you. You said earlier uh, you were trying to to get onto the podium to qualify right. for the Olympics. So, okay. So you're the, you're the, you're the gold medalist. Now what, now that you're back in the Olympics and you've made the team and you're going to be there, what, what is, uh, is it, is a, just trying to get to the podium thing or, 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 or is the goal, is it gold medal or bust for you in these Olympics? Um, honestly, I feel like I don't have anything else to prove, but my, my main goal now, I do want to retain my title. Mm-hmm. Um, just to be, uh, the first woman in history to ever go back to back in a long jump. So I feel like that's that's the main goal. Um, and once I do that, I, I'm fine. But my my ultimate goal is to break the American world record. And if it happens in Olympics, uh, that'd be great. But um, the main the, op- the main goal at the Olympics really is is to go in and get a goal and be the first person in history to do that. Brittany, Michael Phelps will be competing in his fifth Olympic Games. You are going into your third. Will this be your final one? Or because uh, it's such a, uh, it's got to be so hard to get back yeah. to all this. Uh, I'm thinking about it. Uh, we'll, we'll after 2018, um, I'll just see where I'm at, and this could be it. This could not be it. So I'm just gonna wait till like 2018 and uh, really see where my training is at, and it's. If it's still something I need to prove, if I have broken the world record by then, probably not. This will probably be it. 
Um, if if I haven't and I'm still in good shape, we'll see. Well, let me ask you about you know some of the stuff that you've done uh, off uh, off the track, out of the stadium, uh, you know, including. Um, you know, giving back to the community in Gulfport um, and on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. Um, if you will talk a little bit about uh, the the pride that you have for coming from that area, uh, and and how they've embraced you in in these multiple runs to the Olympics that you've had now. Yeah, um, I have a lot of pride for Gulfport because when I was young, they supported me um, throughout my whole journey of my career. Actually, from being in high school playing basketball and running track um, to going to Mississippi Perk for basketball on to all this and then now professional. So um, I feel like it's it's a thank you from me from all the support that, that I go back and never forget where I came from and, and do things in the city. Um, I have the scholarship going on still. Um, I've donated turkeys for Thanksgiving. Uh, I'm having a clinic in September. And I want to also put on a club track over the summer next year. So um, I feel like we have a lot of great athletes in Gulfport that just get overlooked. And we're in that, I'm in that community where now I'm starting to see um, a lot of kids drop out, a lot of kids um, resort to gun violence and things like that. So I want to be able to get, catch some of the kids early and um, just let them know that, that hard work does pay off and they can't succeed in life so if i go down there and show my face a lot and do things in the community i think the kids will get the idea that they too can't make it if they you know just put in hard work and they don't have to you know stay around on the streets and and they can finish school and do things do great things also well that is uh very certainly excellent to hear thank you so much for your time and and uh we're already extremely proud of what you've done uh, representing the state of mississippi and the united states in the Olympics, and we'll be rooting for you again this time this summer. Thank you so much. That's Brittany Reese, and I was incorrect, six-time world champion. Yeah, you better get that right, Jay. Uh, that, the, the bio that I read earlier today was uh, not updated enough. Yeah. It's six-time world champion, and she was very nice to hear me say that like seven times and not correct me. Uh, a six-time world champion and Olympic gold medalist. Brittany, again, thank you for your time. Thank you. All right, uh, we're going to take a timeout, and uh, we'll have some more to talk about, and uh, we'll probably get over being giddy having talked oh, to an Olympic gold medalist. That was so awesome. Uh, that, that's like the, my, my highlight of, uh, of being on the show. I mean, I, incredible. I can't wait to talk to more of the, these athletes, but, uh, you know, follow I, I follow Brittany on Twitter. She's totally so down to earth and is yeah, just you can, all, yeah, absolutely. all in for uh, for Rio. And uh, now I won't have to stay up. I don't have to get up at 4 a.m. to see her preliminary jump like I did in London. So right. it's going to be great. The, 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 the most interesting thing about uh, her track right now and her career, she's 29 She's been doing this for basically about 12 years already. But her personal best jumps are both from 2016. Yeah. So she's as good now as she has ever been. Yeah. So the question is, after these Olympics, will you give it up? Man, it seems like she's got a lot more in the tank. Yeah. Left, I think so, left too. to give. So we that's got a, a very bit interesting more in question. The, uh, in the tank for this show, Jay. We'll be right back. It's MPB Season Pass on MPB Think Radio. MPB Think Radio is your voice for Mississippi. If you or your community has an event coming up and you like help spreading the word, 
send us an email. You've got mail. To PSA at mpbonline.org. Hi, I'm Dr. Michelle Owens, host of Southern Remedy for Women, here to warn you about an upcoming epidemic of license plate envy. Yes, it's coming after you see someone driving around with a new MPB car tag. It's the latest way you can support Mississippi Public Broadcasting continue the mission of educating, informing, and entertaining Mississippians. This epidemic is easily remedied by visiting mpbonline.org slash car tag to pre-order yours today. This is MPB Think Radio. Mississippi is our mission. Welcome back. MPB sees a pass on Think Radio. Good morning. Thanks for listening with Sam Wells. I'm Jay White. Well, uh, I don't know if you've seen the, the last couple of days where the NBA free agency uh, thing <laughs> okay. has gone absolutely bananas. You've been under the under a desk <laughs> with your eyes closed and your ears covered. Right. Uh, but uh, the NBA is now the American version of international soccer, Jay. Yeah. I mean, there's the Barcelona slash Warriors, and there's <laughs> the uh, the Manchester City or Manchester United slash uh, Cleveland Cavaliers, and then there's the rest of us. Right. Well, I mean, you've got you've got Mo Williams, uh, who is a Mississippi native, a Jacksonian, who was uh, uh, now um, living the spoils of uh, a championship. Yeah. Uh, and Al Jefferson, who is a Mississippian, also a Monticello native, who played at Prentice High School. If you'll recall his uh, his championship games in the in the Big House, uh, playing for one A Prentice, man, that that was. Uh, if you ever played Tecmo Bowl with Bo ba- uh, Bo uh, Jackson, Freudian <laughs> slip there, with yeah. Bo Jackson, uh, or... Um, I don't know why you would do the... Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> or, or if you played the original Tecmo Bowl and had Lawrence Taylor with uh, the Giants, and he could like block all the extra points and everything, he was so fast. That was watching Al Jefferson play basketball with uh, a guy who, okay... Came straight out of high school and was a first-round NBA pick on the floor with a bunch of guys playing 1A high school basketball. Um, and and even explaining it to you didn't properly tell you how much of a mismatch that was. Um, uh, well, Al has, you know, went, he went on to the NBA, and unlike a lot of guys who came to the NBA straight out of high school, it seems like those guys either are mega superstars or they flame out and they don't make it. Uh, and I think a lot of it is because it, it's really difficult to be physically ready, but it's even more difficult to be mentally ready when you're Kwame, still a teenager. Kwame Brown. Right. Yeah. Uh, Sebastian Telfair. Yeah. I mean, there there are a million stories like that. But you know what? Big Al, man, I mean, he's hung around the league for nearly a decade now. Uh, and, and he's played, he's he played out that, multiple he, contracts. He got on that Eric Dampier cycle. Right, he's like, I'm just gonna settle in. I'm gonna be a, I'm gonna be a big man, <laughs> you know. I'm, I'm still a, an old school uh, big man and can bang around in, in, in the paint. And he has been rewarded with uh, the NBA free agency frenzy. 
he agreed to a deal with the Indiana Pacers, a three-year, $30 million contract. So congratulations to Al. It just it, It's interesting because if you think about that guy, if you think about it from a personal perspective, a lot of times we talk about the athletes and the money they make, and you almost dismiss the personal part of it, and you say, oh, yeah, athlete, $30 million, blah, 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 blah. It's another day. Yeah, welcome to Thursday. But when you think about uh, when you think about that on a personal perspective, you know just that that high school kid that you were watching play in the in the basketball championships a couple of years back, I and mean, this guy has made an incredible living for himself and his family, and uh, you know a handful of generations on down the road with his with his ability and his his ability to keep himself in shape, ability to stay you know for the for you know almost the entirety of his career injury free and uh, the guy just uh, the guy just cashed in again so congratulations to Al Jefferson um, paying uh, uh, getting paid as part of this free agency frenzy in the NBA a three-year 30 million dollar deal with Larry Bird and the Indiana Pacers does, uh, does I was gonna ask you if Detlef shrimp still played for the, uh, <laughs> <No>. for the <laughs> I don't think, I don't think he does for the Indiana Pacers but he had uh, Sean he had, Mullen. He had played for uh, the Charlotte Hornets for the last handful of years. So, going from Charlotte to Indianapolis. So, um, and also um, the Mid South NBA teams have also uh, had some some interesting goings on. Uh, Buddy Heald, the uh, guard from Oklahoma, uh, who was the guy that took the NCAA tournament captive. Uh, for the first four rounds, anyway, this past uh, March uh, and April, uh, drafted by the New Orleans Pelicans. So, uh, you know, they got AD down there already, the unibrow. Uh, you throw Heald in there with him, and they got to. Now, Ben Gordon left uh, through free agency, so that's going to be a bit of a subtraction. But, uh, boy, you got two really young, bright superstars right there. And if Heald can, um, can convert any of his ability to score at the rate he did in college. And, I mean, he just took over the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Uh, if he can convert any of that over to the NBA, which they're banking on because they drafted him in the top ten. I think he was sixth overall, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, that could be – it's not necessarily going to convert into, into, into wins this year because they still play in the Western Conference, and the Western Conference, if, if you've seen a lot of the other stuff going on in the NBA <laughs> – is still, still very tough. Super team. Right. Super team. And apparently uh, uh, I saw the other day Tim Duncan might be retire- hanging it up too. So the NBA, Jay, is taking yeah. on a completely different look than it did when, on when, the we, flip were, side, when we were young. On the flip side, Memphis um, uh, going to the northern part of the state. Uh, Memphis, I know it's in Tennessee, but anyway, um, they – had a, a really big obligation to try to keep Mike Conley, free uh, free agent, to be, and they did, and, and they they doled out what at the time was a couple of the biggest free agent contracts in the history of the NBA. Now, part of it is because of this salary cap boom that we got this year and next year, uh, but signing Chandler Parsons and keeping Conley two really big deals for the Memphis Grizzlies. And now next year, if, you know, this year they were decimated by injuries, as were the Pelicans. Um, With the Grizzlies going forward this year, if they can stay healthy, they've got everybody coming back. um, And and I think it it could be, uh, it, it could be a year where the Grizzlies really 
really push the upper echelon of the Western Conference, as they had done a handful of times over the last five or six seasons. So uh, good things to look forward to the NBA season um, out of the, you know, the Mid-South teams, the teams that are you know, close here to Mississippi. Grizzlies reached out here, uh, Jay, for big uh, for big fan support from the North Mississippi area. I know a lot of folks that uh, live in the Oxford, Cenotopia, you know, corridor up there uh, have season tickets and go to games. Sure. Uh, they are incredibly fun, and um, and it's excellent basketball to watch. And like you said, they're in the Western Conference too, so you get you know a couple of trips uh, through here from uh, Oklahoma City. Who I guess uh, you'll get uh, you won't get quite as much star power from that team as you did last year but uh of course the warriors will be here you might have to you may have to pony up a couple of a couple of hundred to to get in the the fedex forum for that but uh it's a that's just an an excellent venue i'm like hinting to the uh to the uh to the jackson (laughs) uh, the legislature the state of mississippi legislature hint hint arena downtown is great what an incredible arena that is to watch a sporting event i've seen the college basketball in there nba games uh and it's just uh, it's outstanding. It's so much fun to go to. Yeah, and the uh, the Smoothie King Center. Yeah, although that may be a bit of a goofy name, that's not a that's not a bad arena to watch basketball in either. No, this, and I I love to try to get to one of the Memphis versus New Orleans games, New Orleans games, once a year, uh, in one place or the other. You know, just so I can. I mean, I, I like. I I consider myself a, a little bit of a fan of both of them, although you, you can't really. Yeah, that's like being a state and Ole Miss fan, which I kind of claim. Also, it's fun not being connected to anything personally. So you can just be a fan <laughs> of everything. I know you live and die with your baseball, so it's okay. Right there, you go. Uh, but uh, better, better uh, that than uh, me, where it's a roller coaster ride nine months of the year. That's why the summer's so fun. <laughs> Speaking of baseball, uh, you got Brian Dozier and Seth Smith, nice. uh, who are uh, both on torrid uh, paces right now. Uh, uh, it was Brian Dozier, I think he had a, a 14 games in a row with an extra base hit. And Seth Smith. Got his first uh, career grand slam. Yeah, and he's, week. I think he hit uh, four home runs in five days uh, in a recent stretch that led up into uh, the middle of this week. And so both of those guys, uh, Seth Smith, a former uh, Ole Miss Rebel, Brian Dozier, former uh, Southern Miss Golden Eagle. Hey, and, uh, a, and a Seth Smith, a former Hillcrest. Are they the Cougars? <laughs> That's true. Hillcrest Christian Cougars, Christian yeah. Cougars, yeah, so uh, don't Over leave there that out. Jack. Hey, yeah. tradition never graduates, Jay. <laughs> That's what they say. That's right. That's what they say over there. That's right. And um, uh, Hunter Renfro keeps knocking on that door. Guy's playing in AAA um, for uh, the Padres. And um, he, I think I saw the other day. Now, part of this, look, is the Pacific Coast League, all these a lot of the ballparks are 8,000 feet above sea level, and so the ball travels like it's in space. Now, I'm not trying to take away from what the players do, but Renfro is, I think he's, he's hitting like 335 with 20 homers and 75 RBIs right now, which is just gaudy to look at on paper. Yeah, he's been on the cusp of coming up with San Diego for a while. Yeah. I think he's gonna, you're going to see him as one of the September call-ups that's, that, that eventually just sticks with the, with the, uh, with the team. Well, I think at... It, the, the worst case scenario for him or is maybe a the trade call up. The trade deadline. That's what might, I think is going to happen. The Padres are going to, I mean, they're going to empty the bench. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're just going to unzip the pouch and dump it all out on the floor at, you know, near the July trade deadline, which is coming up very shortly. And yeah. I think, you know, when they decide that this is not going to be their year again, that uh, they'll unload some people and they have some, some chips to move around and, and, you know, they'll get him. 
because it's it's better than just the September call up than you know to give a guy uh, the the part that they have to watch is if they want to start his service clock this year because yeah. that'll cut into one of his arbitration years. But uh, you know if to give him a, a a half season, you know, two three full months in the pros to kind of learn the rigors of things, not that he hadn't really already done it with the time that he spent in triple a, which is basically two full seasons. Well, but, and you can, you can do that. And now you can do that in, uh, in August or the end of July and, and into August. And then maybe, uh, he'll be involved in a pressure cooker situation in September for maybe a playoff, uh, a playoff position for another team that they're playing. So yeah. maybe he'll have a, an opportunity to get a big at bat or something like that. There, one of the best players, Jay, that I've ever seen in college baseball in the state of mississippi uh, again the throw i know a lot of folks out there probably remember the throw to, to cut down that runner in uh, in omaha uh, for ucla i kind of think he was safe but the throw was so <laughs> all, it was so great that you had to just kind of ring him up and uh, that was literally one of that was probably the biggest highlight of that uh of that championship series for state but boy he he uh he played out of his mind to get him there and was uh and apparently well it wasn't because he's just an incredible player there and, um, there was no better um, I mean, he hit a towering home run in that cultural series, and yeah. I mean that was the dead ball year. I mean, yeah. uh, there were like three home runs in the cultural series that year. Yeah. Uh, so I mean that that played to his power ability right there. Nicest uh, guy couple, and a crystal man married to a Crystal Springs, uh, a Crystal Springs girl too. So we, we I have a look a little bit of a connection with that. So maybe we can get him on season pass. All right, we'll try. A couple we'll other things really quickly before we go. Mississippi State and Southern Miss have agreed to a four-year uh, neutral site college basketball series uh, that will start this coming year. They'll play four consecutive years, um, and they'll play at the Mississippi Coliseum in Jackson. Sorry about that. But other than that, you know, the four <laughs> games against each other, that's uh, that's an awesome thing. Mississippi State has played a, a, you know, a handful of years in a row, seemingly almost close to a decade now, uh, of committing one game a year in December, close to the Christmas holidays, when the students let out in Starkville in Jackson, and but some of those games, the the attendance of those games has started to wane because it's usually, you know, they they've had some down seasons and the the opponent is usually a, a real stiff, and so, you know, it's there's not there wasn't a whole lot of reason to come out and watch it. This game against Southern Miss and Doc Sadler's bunch, I think it's it it uh, that's a that's a win win for everybody. So and look, that's another thing that the athletic directors at the schools in Mississippi have proven that they don't have to do if they don't want to, but it's a good thing for the fans. It's just a good deal for the fans. So props to Bill McGillis. It's a great deal and, for and Scott Strickland for getting together and doing that thing and making a ba- a basketball moment for fans in Central Mississippi for state fans and Southern Miss fans playing at the Mississippi College. I hope my, uh, That's an awesome thing. I hope my mother is not listening, Jay, because uh, the Bulldogs played Northwestern State from Natchitoches, Louisiana, where she is. Uh, where she, I guess, she would say she's from. I suppose she lived there for a while. Yeah, and uh, it was a great game. Northwestern was ahead at halftime. State ended up winning by twelve, but well, I think State lost. What they lost one of those games. Yeah, I think within the uh, last year or two, I think they lost last year's game. Yeah, uh, at, at the Coliseum. Coliseum's also gotten a little bit of a a little bit of a facelift. Uh, a little plaza area built in front. They have new bathrooms Great. as well. So I saw awesome. that. I saw that when I was at uh, the the John Anderson concert. Oh. Digging up a while, while back. Oh, okay. a little Seminole wind blowing yeah. through the the capital city, Jay. 
You're just <laughs> swinging. Yeah. We can do this all day. Uh, that's all I've got. All right, that's it for us. Our thanks to Brittany Reese, six-time world champion and Olympic gold medalist, uh, for coming on the program. That was a lot of fun. We'll have this on our website, mpbonline.org. You can listen to that. Uh, coming up next, uh, Southern Remedy Kids and Teens with Dr. Jimmy Stewart. We'll be back next Thursday at 10 o'clock for MPB Season Pass on MPB Think Radio. This forecast is underwritten by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Mississippi. Information on how to make good health a family affair is available at bcbsms.com. As high pressure holds on, it is going to be brutal over the next couple of days. Now, we do have some relief on the way this weekend. Some scattered shower and thunderstorm activity on Saturday and perhaps...